It's one of the biggest days of the year when some teams plan for the cup and others plot for the future. It's NHL trade deadline day. Now, with Bob Stoffer and Rob Brown, here's Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Trade deadline less than two hours away. We have two new members of the Edmonton Oilers to introduce to you, not coming to the team via trade, but rather off the waiver wire, plus two younger members of the Edmonton Oilers get contract extensions. Two guys who have looked pretty good recently. One hasn't played a lot in the NHL, but he has shone when he has been in Oilers colors. Thanks for tuning in this morning. It is 11.06. My name is Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown is here as well. Brendan Ulrich, too. Bob Stoffer is going to join us in a few minutes. And who knows who else we will bring you as we roll along today. All right, so here's what has happened. About an hour ago, the Oilers made two waiver claims. Adam Cracknell, he's a winger, claimed from the Vancouver Canucks. Defenseman Adam Party also claimed off waivers from the Winnipeg Jets. Cracknell is 30, Party is 31. Both will be unrestricted free agents this summer. The Oilers have signed defenseman Brandon Davidson to a two-year contract extension worth $2.85 million. That works out to just over $1.4 per season. Goaltender Laurent Brassois also gets an extension two years, $1.5 million. That's $750K per year. Jujar Kara and Jordan Osterley assigned to Bakersfield of the AHL. Those are the Oilers' moves right now. We'll talk about some uh, league-wide stuff as well as we move along. But we're going to bring in Rob Brown first to uh, to break down what's going on with the roster here. We should start with Brandon Davidson. And why wouldn't we? <laughs> because what a February he has had. Yeah, he's been awesome. I mean, here's a guy that's beginning of the season. I don't think anyone had them in their top six, probably not even in the top eight. There's a guy that's going to be a minor league guy. They'd be a safety valve whenever you needed to call someone up because you've got a, an injury or two. But he's come up and stolen a job. And he's not stolen the number five or number six spot on the back end right now. He is arguably their best defenseman and has been consistently now for, you know, six to eight weeks. Uh, it was uh, event an eventuality that he was going to be signed. He's just too good right now for the Oilers to not even think about not re-signing him, getting him uh, locked up for a few years, and uh, he's earned it. And it's one of those guys, and we've talked about it, you and I, before, that nothing has been given to him. He wasn't a high draft pick where he came in right out of uh, junior. They gave him the spot, and they let him go through the through the tough times here with warts and all. Went down to the minors. He earned his spot through playing down well down there. When he got the opportunity up here, he grasped it. And now it's like, wow, look at this diamond that we have found. So this is something the others now do not have to go get because they had it in their own system. Yeah, and he'll continue to develop. He'll continue to play. He'll certainly continue to play big minutes between now and, and the rest of the season. Clefbaum and Griba remain out. Part of the reason Davidson's playing more as, as well as earning it when it's been there. Um, you know, there will be new defensemen next season. Davidson will once again be in a position where he'll be competing for ice time. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. If they sign guys who are as good as or better than Davidson's been playing, even better. So uh, Davidson sticks around for a couple years. By the way, when this deal expires, and this is key too, Rob, he will still be a restricted free agent, so the Oilers will still have his rights. And that's very important for the Edmonton Oilers. When the contract is offered, that is a big thing that they're thinking, okay, we want to make sure when this is done that we're not losing him. 
we want to be able so it's a bridge deal and then yeah. by the time this is done then he'll get his his big contract if he continues to improve and play the way he has been the next one will be the big one all right and we also saw this other deal coming as well Laurent Francois the the two-year contract 750,000 per year he has a career NHL save percentage of 964 not bad only in two games but but he's done well in the minors as well, Peter Shirelli indicated it on Saturday during his news conference a few hours after trading Anders Nielsen that he he put it that Laurent Brassois is close to being their number two goaltender. He clearly feels he's close enough to be Cam Talbot's backup. And this is a one-way deal as well. So, look, I'm sure, again, there's going to be competition in, in camp, but it appears Shirelli's pretty confident with next year it being Talbot number one, Brassois number two. Yes, but I mean that. I mean the Oilers had three goalies on one ways this year to start the season, and it didn't really bother him to put the guy that was making a lot of the money down into the minors. So it's no guarantee. But another, uh, is another guy that has come in, had to earn his way up here. He was acquired in a trade, went down to the minors, and he played well in the minors, so well that they could afford to let him run with it down there. And now it's at the point where you've got to see, is he capable? of putting together stretches in the NHL. You've seen two glimpses that he was very good in. He's probably going to, again, you talked about five, six games over the course of the remainder of the season because the others need to know, is this the guy that we want to have as a backup next year or does he need another year's seasoning and we have to find someone else there to stop gap before he gets up here. He's going to get the opportunity and the contract shows the confidence they have in him. 11-11 special trade deadline coverage on 630 Chet and we have Brendan Ulrich on the other side of the window with a deal to tell us about. Well, we have our first trade, I guess. Big trade. It sounds like a Mikhail Balker is going to Colorado. We don't know what the details are, but uh, numerous uh, sources have said that now on Twitter. So we'll wait and see what the details are. But that's one of the bigger names off the board. Okay, nice trade did, sound effect. Yeah, did way. I it miss really something? <laughs> where where did the kitty cat really come good. in? It's, play? A, it's a kitty cat kind of trade. So we have a rooster, a dog. We'll, we'll see what happens. How I feel about <laughs> each trade, I'll play a sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Well, it made Rob and I laugh, so that's always uh, always helpful. So, uh, Bodker this season has 13 goals, 39 points in 62 games, uh, minus 28 with the Arizona Coyotes. So, uh, Arizona not going to be in the playoffs. Colorado trying to uh, work their way. No word on what's going back the other way yet? No? Okay. Yeah, well, uh, TSN. Well, TSN has announced that the trade. More details to come. So it is a trade that is done, but they haven't announced what's going back the other way. And of all the players that are out there, he, probably one of the best offensive players that is uh, that was available today. So Colorado, which is a team that's got some very good offensive players already, just got a little bit richer in the the forward position. Colorado in a playoff spot right now, two points up on Minnesota. That's in competition for the wild card. Arizona, who have been a bit of a surprise this season, but they're uh, eight points out of a playoff spot for the wild card, so uh, they send Bodker away. All right, uh, other trades from this morning to touch on as well, but we want to get through the Oilers news, and we'll bring in Bob Stoffer in a couple minutes as well. He's at Rexall Place. The Oilers uh, meeting there today uh, about 10.45, and then they'll leave later today for the four-game road trip that starts tomorrow in Buffalo. The waiver claims for the Oilers, and keep in mind, Jujar Kara and Jordan Osterley assigned back to Bakersfield today as well. Adam Cracknell picked up off waivers. He's a UFA this summer. He's 30. 
His cap hit 575. Adam Party, defenseman from Winnipeg, he's 31. Cap hit of 1 million. He hasn't played a lot this season, only 14 games. He's been a 7 8 defenseman most of the way. I mean, Rob, I mean, low risk moves. You, you fill in some spaces on the roster with, with a little bit of experience. You guys who are going to be auditioning for jobs somewhere in the NHL for, for next season. Well, let's, if you start with Cracknell, I've seen him play a couple times this year. I, I've liked his game. He, he's he's a fourth-line player. He's never going to be more than that. He understands his role. He, he's a big body. He's very physical. I remember years ago when he was in St. Louis in a playoff series, he was just dominant when he got out there. He only plays eight to nine minutes a night, but physicality is what he brings. The others have talked about the fact they need to get bigger, especially in their bottom six. They want guys that are tough to play against. He is that. I think he's a, a much tougher version of a clink hammer who was another player that the Oilers brought in as a bottom six guy hoping to, to add a spark there uh, and the fact that you've got him for 19 games or 18 games and at the end of the season you get to make a decision on him uh, I thought it was it's a, it's a good move and he's a type of player that the Oilers need on their bottom but he'd be a bottom three player yeah for sure and uh, you know party big guy um He'll help on the back end. I mean, he's six four two two twenty. Hasn't been playing a lot with the with the Winnipeg Jets. So it's another audition. You know, I, I mean, the others did that with Clen Denning, and I don't think he is. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to be long term here for the Edmonton Oilers. Party just gets an opportunity when you're in thirtieth place or twenty ninth place. You obviously are not good enough in a lot of different positions. So you start auditioning. The, the Oilers aren't always going to be able to hit a home run when they go out into the free agents' signings. So they got to see if there's other ways they can find players that can play at this level. And here's a couple of guys who are going to get a chance to revive their careers and, and prove they still belong in the NHL. All right, 11-15, special trade deadline coverage on 6.30. Chet, along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Brendan Ulrich, Bob Stoffer, part of our crew as well. We'll uh, hear from everybody as uh, as we move along, working on some uh, guests to jump in or uh, that will be joining us uh, as well. We're going to take a quick timeout. Bob's standing by at Rexall Place. We'll talk about uh, some other the trades that have happened. We'll talk about some of the moves the Oilers made over the weekend. Saturday was a big day for the Oilers. Of course, they got the win last night over the Islanders as well. Back in a couple minutes. This is NHL Trade Deadline Day with Bob Stoffer and Rob Brown. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in this morning. It's 11.17. You can get the full rundown of all the day's activity on 630Ched.com. The Oilers signing Davidson and Brassois to contract extensions. They claim Cracknell and Party off waivers. Osterley and Kara assigned to Bakersfield of the American Hockey League. Brendan, you got some more details on the uh, Arizona-Colorado trade? Yeah, it's a pretty good return for uh, Arizona. They get Alex Tangay. That's sort of a nothing part of the deal. Uh, have to take somebody back. He's having a terrible year right now for Colorado. But the big piece coming back to Arizona is Connor Bleakley, 2014 first-round pick for Colorado, playing for Red Deer right now. Uh, the 20-year-old center has 41 points in 47 games for the Rebels this season. All right, so he'll be playing in the Memorial Cup. There you have it. Okay. All right, so uh, Arizona and Colorado hooking up for uh, for that deal. We mentioned uh, where they are in the playoff race. Colorado trying to hold off Minnesota for the second wild card. They're five behind Nashville for uh, the first wild card slot. So uh, Colorado, one of those bubble teams uh, right now. Also today, 
Sergei Plotnikov gets traded from Arizona to Pittsburgh for Matthias Plakta and a 2017 conditional seventh round draft pick. I think that trade was only made for the simple reason is it has sportscasters around the world, A, trying to pronounce the names, and B, trying to figure out who either player is. Do you remember the hype for Plotnikov in the offseason? He I was do. playing with Malkin in the preseason. Everyone was thinking, okay, this might be a Panarin type of signing. Oh, sorry, I said that the wrong way, didn't I? Well, whatever. Yeah, okay. People get it. Sorry, er, er, uh, he goes to... Did I say it the wrong way? I, I don't know. I don't remember. You were so concentrating <laughs> so, on the pronunciation. Yeah, I was just, I was just wanting to get the, the uh, names out properly. Brendan, do you want to touch on the Washington-Toronto trade from last night? Sure. Since you're, you're such a huge Capitals fan? <laughs> well, I you mean... You know, Rob Brown probably hates the Capitals, too, oh, because sure. they're one of his other rivals when he was a Penguin. I, actually, I like the Capitals. I, like I like their coach. I like some of their players. They're a fun team to watch. There's a, there's a team that plays the game the right way, and I enjoy watching them. And oh, don't say that. Reed hates the right way. <laughs> you guys might be getting at it. It's early in the deadline day. <laughs> we need something to talk about. Uh, yeah, Brooks, like, you know... He's a heart and soul guy for Washington. I'm sure the Caps, I mean, Ovechkin tweeted a, a pretty heartwarming tweet when he got traded. It's tough to see him go, but he's barely an NHL player at this point in his career. Daniel Winnick can go there, help the PK, and play a third or fourth line role. And they get the cap space now, so it seems like they're, they're trying to do something else, maybe bring in a Dan Hamhuis or something like that. So we'll see what happens with Washington. They have the cap space, and they're, they're clearly going for it here, uh, the class of the Eastern Conference right now. So we'll see if anything else happens. Is there any team in the National Hockey League over the last number of years that have tried to come in last place more so than the Toronto Maple Leafs are doing right now. Like well, the, Buffalo tried pretty hard last They did. Year. They yeah. did, but they still had a couple NHL players in their roster. Toronto might be down to zero pretty soon. We have Bob. All right. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins with you at 630. Chad, Bob Stoffer is at Rexall Place keeping an eye on... Uh, the activities, I, I guess, so to speak. Bob, how are you doing this morning? Good. Just further on Brooks Like, uh, as Rita, as you're well aware of, the Washington Capitals uh, did pitch like at one point during the season for an Oilers defenseman. Uh, he's done as a player. He's got a year left in his deal. Um, and you talk to some people around the Washington organization, he's not the same guy he was two or three years ago, uh, both on and off the ice, frankly. I fully expect the Maple Leafs to act like a cash machine and, and buy like out, and they'll end up buying out uh, Jared Cowan as well. Those will be the two buyouts for their team uh, carrying forward uh, because I know some people suggest that they might take on Bickle. Um, that would surprise me at this stage because you can make an argument they should maybe contemplate buying out Lupel as well. But uh, given the one-third buyout on uh, Cowan, unless they trade Cowan for an asset at some point, uh, you know, I'd find that unlikely. But it is, uh, it's is—it's—it's an interesting day. There's no question about that. All right. Thanks a lot, Bob. Uh, just in terms of um, what the Oilers have done today, there has obviously been moves and, and signings, though no deals. I, I guess, first of all, the deadline uh, about 100 minutes away here. Do you expect that there's going to be a, a trade involving the Edmonton Oilers before 1 o'clock? I don't expect a big trade. So, obviously, you know, and this is nothing, nothing that Peter Shirley hasn't already said. I, I don't expect, you know, a Hall, Everly, Nugent Hopkins, that type of deal. I know some people have floated Yakupov out. I don't see that happening right now unless the Oilers get surprised. Uh, you know, I do think this summer that Nail might find himself having a new home, but I don't think it's going to occur in the next couple hours. Uh, and the two signings, I mean, we've alluded to that for the last week and a half, two weeks on the two players at Davidson. They needed to get Davidson done on a two-year term. And uh, they basically gave the same deal to uh, uh, Laurent Brassois that Philip Grubar has with Washington. It's the exact same deal, 650, 850, 750 uh, as an AAV. So uh, these are what I like about these two signings. I'm sure you and Rob have already talked about it is 
they're not overpaying for anybody. I mean, we had a scenario where the team's got $11.5 million tied up between Nikitin, Ference, and Mark Fain, and none of those guys can play in the Oilers' top four. And now they've got a guy that looks like he can play in the top four, and they're going to sign for the next two years on a very team-friendly deal at 1.425. So that's exciting. They've got a backup goaltender who they're going to bring along behind Talbot at 750k. That's exciting. The two players they picked up are depth guys. Uh, Cracknell's a competitive player. He can't skate, but uh, you know he, he's got slow boots, but he's competitive, hard-nosed. The veteran player knows what to do on the ice, and Party gives him a depth defenseman because I don't think they've exactly been enamored with the play of Clendenning so far. He's had some challenges. So, Bob, with the way that the, the last few weeks have gone for the Oilers, they had the big homestand, nothing went right. The, the, the calling out by the GM, by the coach, the mood was just horrific around the team. Yeah. Do you think the Oilers set it up today? They bring in a couple guys. They announce new signings. Is there the mood around the players now? Is it a much more positive mood, plus on the fact coming off of three pretty good hockey games? Rob, I walked in with Teddy on Thursday night into uh, um, Los Angeles, and he did not know that he was being pulled as we walked in at that point. And then immediately Todd pulled him aside and uh, said, hey, you're – that we're going to have to do something proactive. And I think that the moment that that occurred was the wake-up call the group needed. And Schultz and since then, I mean, take a look at how they played since, since uh, you know, Schultz and Purcell went out of the lineup. And there, people have been crapping all over Justin Schultz. You were a player that needed your coach to believe in you. You can respect what Justin went through. It wasn't perfect here, but there's a player there. Uh, but in my mind, everything changed, Rob, once they pulled those two guys out of the lineup. The subsequent moves made today, we'll, we'll see how they go. But I actually think the last three games have been pretty clear where the change occurred. All right, 11:24. The trade deadline coverage continues here on uh, 6-3. Chet, Bob, give, just give us a little bit of a sense of the uh, of the team's uh, schedule today, because I know they're they're leaving for uh, for uh, for Buffalo, but no no practice today. They just met. Some guys skated. Okay. Uh, Clefbaum skated. Uh, uh, and skated out there. I think Brassois took some shots. Uh, Tom McClellan's just going right now. In fact, you guys will be running this a little bit later on. He says that Brassois is definitely going to play on the road trip. Pouliot's out a while. Likely, that, that looked like a dislocation to me last night. So he's, you know, he might not play again this season. Um, but here's what's so McClellan's talking right now. Then they're going to make some of the players available. I think Shirelli's either going to do a 1 o'clock uh, veil or a one thirty veil at the airport. Uh, we are actually flying and clearing customs in Buffalo as opposed to clearing customs in Edmonton. And we'll be getting into Buffalo late, and, and then uh, the team will have a morning skate tomorrow. But uh, they want to basically make sure nobody flies that's part of the, uh, you know, any potential trades. And just to highlight this point, the guys have access now. I mean, obviously, people have uh, Internet access on planes, and we were following what was happening Saturday afternoon when we flew back from uh, Los Angeles, and got, Teddy Purcell found out on the plane that he'd been traded to the uh, Florida Panthers. So, uh, and Rob, you can imagine how unsettling that was for some guys to be following. And it was interesting. It was an intriguing sort of thing that was going on during the course of the day. And at one point, there was a prospect from L.A. that had been mentioned not the Russian, but another prospect. And, uh, you know, Connor McDavid had played with uh, Jake Marchman. That's Brian's nephew uh, last year in Erie. And he kind of looked at me, and I looked at him, and I'm like, well, I've seen Jake skate. And Rob, how old are you now? I'm 47. Yeah, you're faster than Jake Marchman. So. <laughs> oh, then he must be really slow. So I was like, I don't think LA's going to sign him. Uh, and I'd actually reached out uh, to somebody in Erie who you guys know. 
And he was like, uh, okay, that's interesting. If that name, But that was a L.A.-based rumor, and there was nothing to it at that time. So Oilers made their deals, and uh, but today they're going to wait until the deadline passes before the team will fly uh, to uh, Buffalo. All right, Bob, we'll check in with you again in a few minutes. Thanks, sure. man. Yeah, you bet. All right, at 1127, Bob Stoffer at Rexall Place. We, we should touch on the uh, Pouliot injury, uh, an opportunity for... And a lot of people have been. I mean, is, is it automatically Yakupov that goes in there on the on that line, or the guy who gets the first try, Rob? Uh, yes, be just looking at the depth of the Oilers. He's he's the guy that's got the most offensive upside. He's had a little bit of success with Connor McDavid before, uh, and he's a guy they need to figure out. Uh, as Bob said, we don't believe anything's going to happen with Yakupov at this trade deadline. But they're going to have to make a decision at season's end. Is this a guy that we want to give another opportunity to? Is this a guy that we need to just cut and, and just let him move on elsewhere and have his career get get restarted somewhere else? And the only way you're going to see that is if you get to, if he plays top six minutes. And we're going to see that, I would imagine, the remainder of the season. I don't think, and this is just from sitting in the press box looking, I don't think Pouliot will play another game this year, yeah. which will allow Yakupov extended games. And that's only extended games if he does the right things when he plays there at the beginning. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in studio at 6.30. Chad, Brendan Ulrich here as well. We'll hear more from Bob Stoffer as we move along. Again, we expect Peter Shirelli to speak today, as Bob mentioned, perhaps around 1 or 1.30, so we'll bring that to you. Uh, we'll bring some Todd McClellan comments as well. Once we move into the Oilers' now time slot, we'll take a look at last night's game as the Oilers snapped that winless skid 3-1 over the New York Islanders. Special trade deadline coverage for you on Oilers Radio, 6.30. Chad. You're listening to exclusive live coverage of NHL Trade Deadline Day on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it is 11.33, special trade deadline coverage here on 630 Chad. The Oilers have not made a trade today. They have made moves. They get Adam Party off waivers from the Jets. Adam Cracknell off waivers from the Vancouver Canucks. They have uh, re-signed goaltender Laurent Brassois, defenseman Brandon Davidson, each to two-year contract extensions. Jujar Kara and Jordan Osterley go to Bakersfield of the American Hockey League. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Brendan Ulrich here as well. And, of course, uh, just to catch up on the Oilers' trade um, trades from the weekend, Justin Schultz went to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a third-round draft pick. Teddy Purcell went to the Florida Panthers for a third-round draft pick. And uh, Anders Nielsen went to the St. Louis Blues for a fifth-round draft pick and goaltending prospect Nicholas Lundstrom, who's in the ECHL. So, I mean, it's uh, probably unlikely we ever see him as an Oiler, but that's what they did on Saturday. I mean, it has been a busy few days for the Oilers. It doesn't seem like it right now, but they moved three players out. They picked up two guys on uh, on the waiver wire. They signed a couple of young players that have impressed. Uh, and you look at the trades they made. You know, Teddy Purcell, he, he was all right here. He, he was what he was. And now he gets the opportunity to go to uh, a team that's leading their division. It's going to be in the playoffs. And uh, if, if they're bringing him in, I would imagine he'll be a guy that will play some top six minutes because he's got an offensive upside to him. Justin Schultz, he had to be traded just to save his career. And I know that I've read a few things from Jordan Eberle and from, from Taylor Hall and how tough it was for Justin Schultz and his teammates over the last few games that Justin was here with the Boo Birds and how hard it was for him to play there. And I, I can't even imagine what it would be like being booed by your own fans. That would be tough on your confidence. 
uh, he needed to move, and he's going to a very good hockey club where he does not have to be the guy, where he doesn't have, uh, I'm going to be a, or he's going to be a Norris Trophy winning defenseman one day, tag hanging over his head. They've got a guy that is a Norris candidate every year in Chris Letang. He can simply go there and play hockey. So the best thing that ever happened for Justin's career was that. And then Nielsen's going to a team that uh, he's going to go, he's going to fit in as a backup goalie and eventually be the third line guy or third guy when uh, they get fully healthy there. But he's going to a team that also is going to the playoffs. So all three guys are now with playoff hockey teams and uh, you wish them the best. And now the Oilers got to worry about how to continue pushing the envelope forward in their rebuild to get back to where they want to be, and that's the playoffs next year. All right, uh, so relatively quiet around the NHL. We mentioned bot. Oh, we got a new one. What happened, Brendan? He's, he's, he's committed to those sound effects. Well, That's we might as well great. have some fun That's with great. it. It's been so quiet. Uh, Elliot Friedman reporting that Colorado has acquired defenseman Eric Jelena for a third from New Jersey. Okay. And that's interesting because there were some rumblings that the Oilers may have interest in Jelena, but uh, clearly that didn't happen. Chris, uh, Chris Russell to Dallas pending a trade call. That's from Pierre Lebrun. Yeah, Friedman just tweeted that as well, so it looks like that will be done here right away. Okay, what what animal does that get? Because that's got to be better than the last animal. I think animal we only have. have three animals. Well, we have one more, so uh, guess what animal this is. We should save is. them. We should save them. You think? Yeah, let, let's let's save the animals for, for later on. We don't, want, we don't want to burn all the uh, all the animals. Well, I could always find some more. <laughs> oh, please do. Just please find do. some other sound effects. <laughs> Just random uh, sound effects. Okay, so it, it could be starting to pick up here uh, a little bit. And the teams that you would expect to be uh, giving up players, uh, I mean, the Oilers obviously did it on Saturday. The Flames, the uh, Hoodler on Saturday. Uh, apparently Chris Russell now going to the Dallas Stars, a team that thinks they have a shot this year, so they want to add a little bit of depth. That's more than depth. Well, it's more than depth, I, yeah. Russell, but more you know the, options. Uh, Chris Russell is a very good defenseman. Um, he he's a, he's a guy that's going to make them a better hockey club. He can play top four minutes. He plays big minutes with the Calgary Flames. Uh, that was a good move for for the Dallas Stars. They are a team that believe in themselves. They've got all the offense up front. Now they just want to make sure they shore up their back end, and Chris Russell will certainly do that. Okay. Uh, of course, you can reach us here, 780-496-0063, or you can text 63630 if you want to talk about uh, anything the Oilers have done or uh, obviously looking ahead to the off-season moves in the final 18 games of the season. Uh, I, 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 again, to reiterate what we have strongly suspected the whole time, uh, I wouldn't expect a one of the Oilers' top players to be traded in the next 90 minutes. One of the or three players making $6 million, Nugent Hopkins, Everly, and, and Hall. I, I, I mean, I, I know things pop up on social media, and it's pretty easy for people to post something, whether they've they've heard it or not. So sometimes you have to keep that in mind. But uh, there, there will be continued remaking of this roster more in Shirelli and McClellan's images, mm-hmm. for that matter. Um, over and, the summer. And I think that's an important thing you said right there, too. It, it's not simply just what Peter Shirelli wants. He's got a coach that he's committed to long-term. So you've got to build a team that you know that that coach is comfortable with, a team that he likes to play a certain style, he coaches a certain style. So the two of them together will be collaborating on what kind of players they need to put on the ice for Todd McClellan to be successful here. So that's a great point. It's not just what Peter Shirelli wants as a, a GM. It's got to be what Todd McClellan is comfortable with coaching. Well, and he's talked about he wants the identity of the team to be fast, hard, and supportive. 
fast doesn't mean you skate fast. It means you can move the puck quickly. You can make quick decisions. You can make an accurate pass get or, or dump in the puck at the right time and get in after it. The Oilers have not always done that this year. Uh, do they play hard? Sometimes. They have some players who play hard. They don't have enough, and, and they don't have enough guys to do it consistently. The supportive thing, I think, ties into how how well you're doing those other two things a lot. Well, and you look when, when Todd was successful in San Jose, some of the star players, they had the hockey IQ of those players. And you look like a, a Boyle on defense and a Thornton and a Marlowe and a Pavelski. Very, very smart hockey players. Logan Couture the last couple of years. Guys that know how to make the right decisions at the right times. And and, and that's what I believe the Oilers, they want big and strong and fast, but they want hockey, hockey IQ. Guys that when you give them a task, they understand the task and can go out, can go out and do it. And I'm sure that's one of the things that Peter Shirelli is going to be looking for in players when he starts trying to acquire this summer are guys that have good hockey IQ, smart hockey players that can fit into the system that Todd McCollum puts into place. All right, Brandon Davidson, really popular player lately. He gets a two-year extension today. When we get back, you will hear from him. 6.30 Chad special trade deadline coverage. You're walking down the street, and you happen to see someone wearing a red bandage. You might want to say thanks. They're a hero. They just help give life by donating blood. NHL Trade Deadline Day with Bob Stoffer and Rob Brown. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Well, besides updating you on trades, we have a live hockey game that we'll keep an eye on as well over at Rexall Place, the Edmonton Oil Kings. Little afternoon action. The hockey hooky game. You gotta like that. I got a bunch of kids from my St. Albert Sports Academy that were on a bus on the way there today taking the action. And there's already a goal. The Victoria Royals, 26 seconds in, one nothing over Edmonton. <laughs> well, I mean, the only good thing about that is half the people hadn't sat down, so they, they couldn't witness it. Uh, from I, I'm not following it as much as I should, but from what I have followed, the Victoria Royals are one of the best, if not best, teams in the Western Hockey League. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one throughout the show here. Uh, we'll keep going through the Oilers now uh, time slot. Peter Shirelli expected to speak around 2 um, so we will uh, we will get you that as well. We have Todd McClellan audio coming up. Stoffer is going to jump on. We'll talk a bit about last night's game. But Brandon Davidson, who's been logging tons of ice time yesterday, looking very good, got a goal and an assist last night. New contract. It'll kick in for next year. Two years, $2.85 million. And Bob Stoffer standing by with Brandon. Brandon, just uh, your thoughts on uh, getting the two-year extension done today. Uh, very excited, very happy, and, and, and proud, and, and honored to be able to come back here and and, uh, and you know have another two years here and, and work on my game as well, and, and uh, just happy where I'm at, kind of thing, and, and really uh, appreciative of of the way things have gone. They say life's not a destination, it's a journey. If I told you at the start of the year after that first game against Dallas that you played, that you'd be, it was Dallas, right, that you'd be in this position right now. Kind of surreal, because you're probably thinking, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to play on a regular basis. You had a tough first game against the Stars. Yeah, it was definitely an eye-opener for sure. I think it wasn't my best game. And, and, you know, like you said, I didn't expect to be in this situation. I had goals in mind, and and, uh, which I set out to do, and I, I did those goals. But um, I've uh, 
I've definitely had to pick up some goals and, uh, on the way and, and definitely keep running with it. So it's been great so far, and uh, hopefully I can just keep pushing forward. Did, uh, did the team or did David Kay uh, suggest to you, uh, hey, this is a bridge, a bridge to a better place? I mean, you're a restricted free agent two years. you got a bridge deal done right now, and your play will dictate where you go. Exactly. I think uh, the big part is uh, my play will dictate everything, and uh, that's kind of the way it's been going for me my whole career so far. So uh, I feel like uh, if I earn something uh, that I uh, should be able to get that. And um, I think uh, this is a good deal for me and, and a great spot for me to be in. So a, a late-born uh, six-round draft choice. And, uh, right now, I mean, you might be the Oilers' best defenseman. You've played with an incredible amount of confidence. Uh, who's helped you along the way to get to this place? I think uh, I have to go back to the minors. Um, I think uh, the coaching staff down there did a great job. Todd Nelson and uh, Jerry Fleming. Um, Rocky Thompson did a great job with me, worked with me every single day and, and really pushed me. I think that's kind of where I got my base from. And, and even so this year, I think Jimmy's done a great job with me. Um, he's found a way to push me in the right direction without uh, without over overdoing it. And uh, it's been it's been chemistry since day one, and, and it's kind of still rolling here now. All right, so that's Brandon Davidson with Bob Stoffer. Uh, I mean, looking at some of his ice times, since coming back from a, that minor uh, injury, he missed uh, a game before the All-Star break and a game after. Comes back against Ottawa, plays 23-27, 20-39 against Montreal, 25-01 against the Islanders, uh, 25-06, the home game against the Leafs. Uh, you, you know, 22.5 against Minnesota, 26.5 against Anaheim, 22-12 last night. Well, coaches, when they look, they're standing on the back of the bench and they're looking down on, on the, the back of the names of, of all the players in front of them trying, okay, who can I put out in this situation? And, and they have players that they're favorites, guys that they have the most trust in. And Brandon Davidson has turned out to be the guy on the back end. They just know that when they have him out on the ice, they feel safe. They feel confident. I know that plus minus is a an overrated stat in a lot of a lot of instances. You get guys get minuses. The last week, the the dry settle line in two games had three empty net goals scored against. So those are three minuses. Dumb, but on a team of minuses, Brandon Davidson is still a plus, and that is huge. And it just shows you that when he's out there, the team is safe. He makes simple plays but consistent simple plays. It's one thing to say, oh, he's a simple player, he throws it off the glass and out. But it's his simple plays, he's got a 15-foot pass, he makes it, and it's on the stick every time. He's coming in to get the puck, he goes behind the net, he uses the right angle behind the net, gives himself that extra second to make the outlet pass. Guy's coming down on him, he keeps the right angle so that they have to stay to the outside. So he, he's a guy that the coaches love, and when you're a goaltender, those are defensemen in front of you love because you know what he's going to do each and every time. It's not a surprise. And because of that, the Edmonton Oilers have given him another two years, and I think this is a great deal for the Oilers because they have overpaid for some defensemen over the last few years. Guys making two, three, four million dollars that can't hold a candle to what Brandon Davidson can do on the ice. So a great deal for them. And Brandon Davidson, this is hopefully the start of a very long tenure here in the Edmonton area. All right, let's go to Brendan Ulrich for an update on the Calgary-Dallas trade. Yeah, Pat Steinberg pointing out of Calgary uh, that Russell for defenseman, Yerky Yokipaka for Brett Polk of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, and a second-round pick. So there you go, Pollock to the Oil, or to Calgary. All right, and uh, we'll bring in Bob Stoffer uh, as well, who's standing by at Rexall Place. He just talked to Brandon Davidson and uh, the Oil Kings uh, on the ice, Bob, and uh, one of their players involved in a deal here. Yeah, absolutely, and I just uh, tweeted that out, actually, that uh, he's in the deal. and. Uh... Where do you want to start? You want to start with uh, 
Yeah, the Pollock end of the uh, sure. Let's do that first. Okay. Well, I mean, I think this uh, this also might put the pressure on a couple other teams looking for some help in the back end of Danny Hamhuse, and I wonder if somebody ends up circling back to Mark Fain. But uh, Russell, we're told, looking for Andrew McDonald, like money, five to five and a half million per year. Uh, Pollock, as we know, uh, and, and I don't know if he's going to get that in Dallas. Chris Russell should mention Jim Nill. Uh, do you know where he played junior hockey? Medicine Hat, and uh, of course Chris Russell played in Medicine Hat, and uh, the uh, the Nil family prominent in that region, Southern Alberta in Hannah. But uh, Brett Pollock, you know, skilled player, not uh, super competitive. I, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, converted defenseman has uh, you know put up decent numbers, pretty much carries the Oil Kings offense, but he hasn't lit it up. He's been pretty consistent the last couple of years though. Okay, so, uh, and with Chris Russell going to Dallas, Bob, I, I mean, one of those teams up there in the in the Western Conference, uh, I mean, obviously the Hawks are doing well. We know what, uh, what the Washington Capitals are doing out east. Where do you consider the stars in the in the hierarchy right now of, of Stanley Cup contenders? Well, they got another defenseman. I still think they need a little bit more help up front. Uh, they do have a guy in the farm, you know, a guy that played with the uh, Canadian World Junior Team, Brett Ritchie, that I'm surprised he's not up yet as a top nine forward. He had off-season wrist surgery. And, I mean, that's a chip that if they were to dangle, I think they could get a pretty good player. But um, I think Dallas, I mean, the problem is you're in the same division, division with Chicago. And then on the other side, there's L.A. and Anaheim. And it's my belief that Anaheim and L.A. are two of the best three teams in the NHL right now. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. You know, and maybe Rob can shed some light on this. Um, Brendan uh, is, uh, is a Capitals fan, but you look at the, the Dallas Stars and I, I kind of, you know, I'm, I just don't know what's going to happen come crunch time with that team yet. Like, they didn't make it last year. They got a lot of talent. Um they're deep down the middle with the, the the two guys they've got in terms of Sagan and Spezza, though they sometimes play Spezza with the big boys up front. But I just think they need one more score. And uh, they do have a little bit of experience with Patrick Sharp and Johnny Oduya on the back end. Let's not forget that. But I just I can't trust them. You know what I'm saying? I just There's something about them I just can't trust yet. Well, you can't trust because they haven't done it yet. Yeah. You look at L.A., well, we know what they can do. When things go bad in the playoffs, they doesn't bother them. They can right. get they can get through it. Anaheim, they've learned a lot too. Final Four team last year, they know what it takes to win now at that level. They haven't won the Stanley Cup, but they've won, uh, they won a lot further last year, and that's something to build off of. The Dallas Stars are, are new to this. And this getting Chris Russell is huge because over the course, if you're going to make a run to win a Stanley Cup, you play a lot of games in a short amount of time, and it's a different style of game now. The refs put the whistles away a little bit, becomes more of a man's game. You need depth. You need to be able to look down the bench and, and not just see three or four guys on the back end that can play. You've got to have five or six, and you might need seven or eight over the course of it. So uh, they're, they're starting to add pieces. Uh, 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 Jim Neal, he knows what it takes to build a franchise to win championships because he's come from a team in Detroit where they won championships and they had long long stretches in the playoffs. He knows what they have to get. It's just a matter of are they able to do it in the short amount of time they have left here on draft dead de- deadline. It's funny you guys are talking about that because Elliot Friedman just put out if Dallas makes it to the conference final, then the second will become a first-round pick. And then it becomes a little more expensive. But when you look at what Dallas has down there and the talent they have up front with a Sagan and a Ben, and then they got a Spets who's he's, he's getting older. They got a Sharp, he's getting older. This is not 
a team that they want, you know, six, five, six years from now, this, okay, we're just going to wait till they all, they want to do it now. And they have a, have a great year. So let's see what we can do and make a little run right now. 11.53, special trade deadline coverage here on 6.30. Ched will continue into the Oilers' now time slot after 2. You're going to hear from Todd McClellan. We'll recap last night's game uh, a little bit as well as the Oilers snap that 7-game winless skid by knocking off the New York Islanders by the score of uh, 3-1. Just to update some of the other trades that have happened in the last half hour or so, Eric Jelena goes from New Jersey to Colorado for a 2017 third-round pick. Michael Bodker goes from Arizona to Colorado for Alex Tangay, Connor Bleakley, and Kyle Wood. Uh, Carolina gets uh, Dennis Robertson from Chicago for goaltender Drew uh, McIntyre earlier this morning. Arizona gets Sergei Plotkinoff from Pittsburgh for Matthias Plakta and a conditional seventh-round pick. So those are the trades that have happened uh, today. Bob Stoffer at Rexall Place. Bob, uh, you did that interview with uh, with Brandon Davidson, and I know in the next hour we'll have your uh, sit-down conversation with goaltender Laurent Brassois as well. Who you know, it's he's only he's only played two uh, National Hockey League games, but he has a, a 964 save percentage. Rob and I were speculating last night, 18 games left. Uh, you know, we were thinking four, five yeah. starts for Brassois, so, you know, get him getting maybe at most a third of the games down the run. Yeah, I think I think four or five makes sense for Laurent, and, uh, and I'm with Rob. I mean, Rob alluded to the fact that Peter Shirelli's getting some work done here, and you know, we we talked. We threw that number out: eleven and a half million dollars for three defensemen, and Fane is the only one that has been able to consistently play in the top four. And and now you get a guy who, you know, Rob. I asked you last night whether or not you thought that Brandon Davidson's a top four defenseman. You said unequivocally, you were confident that he could become a. Uh, you said he is right now, and I'm just looking at Davidson and Nurse in the four five slot next year. Uh, you know, and and then Clefbaum uh, when he gets back is the two. You got Sekera here, so you need one more guy on the right side. And so it's, it's going to be interesting uh, uh, to see what the addition is. But I like the combinations of the two's contracts, that they're not killers. You've got a backup goaltender that you're not paying $1.5 million bucks to. You're paying that guy $750K. Uh, with Brassois, he's happy with the deal because he gets a one-way, very similar to the Philip Grubauer numbers. And then conversely, you look at uh, Davidson, and you're, you know, you're, you're not, they're, they're going to have to probably pay a little bit more if they want to keep Griba. And I think I would consider keeping Griba if I was the Oilers. More than considered, I think he plays a firm, hard, competitive game. He's probably going to cost you too because he's an unrestricted free agent. Of course, Brandon Davidson was restricted. Guys, I got a, I got a split here. I got to get on the plane, so I'm going to have to wrap her up from Rexall. Okay? Yeah, that's okay, Bob. We got a break for the new news uh, anyway. We'll hear from Bob a little bit later on. Uh, still ahead, uh, we want to take your phone calls and text about what the Oilers have done today and uh, what you think the end of the season might be like. We'll get to that one-on-one with Laurent Brassois. We'll hear Todd McClellan's media availability from today as well. Special trade deadline coverage here live on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Reed Wilkins at the 630 Chad studio with Rob Brown, Brendan Ulrich along for the ride too. Eileen Bell coming up and then we're into Oilers now.